think an Italian guy got murdered. Because only Italians know how to make wine. Tell that to Mandav and Rachel. Let's have this conversation live, shall we? Are you recording? Let's fucking do it. Welcome to Verse Course Verse, episode 60. I am DL. With me is Rachel, hot bangers only, polio. Rachel, how you doing? I'm so good. Yeah? I'm ready to party. You got your women behind you. I do. It's all my favorite ladies. What's new? Are you hungover? Not at all. I have a pretty good alcohol metabolism where I get inebriated quite quickly. I also recover pretty quickly. So I generally don't feel crummy the next day. But I also don't get like plastered either. What'd you do last night? We had uh, a party for one of my girlfriends over at my house and we had a one of those murder box parties. We murdered somebody and had some snacks and some drinks and it was a good time. Uh, did you have an accent? No, I was just a FBI agent. I guess I could have had an accent, but I wasn't even a suspect. It was pretty sad. Oh, so you had to be like the leader? No, I wasn't the leader, but it was a it's a 6 to 8 person game. And two of the people are just there and they're not suspects. Kind of lame ass. I didn't realize it until lame. Yeah, until that night. And I was like, that's well, that's <laughs> fucked up. What was the theme? They always have themes. Mm. What was it? It was like at a vineyard. It was like wine vineyard owner got murdered. So we had to figure out who killed him. Who did it? Papa Vito. Okay. Well, that's it for <laughs> mystery murder yeah. corner, whatever you want to call it. Episode 60. This is a album review episode. Sven and I did a bunch of these in the first season. Sven decided he didn't want to do it with me anymore. Uh, <laughs> so I've moved on. Aww. We're going to start doing these with uh, Rachel and Evil this year. I'm actually really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. You don't strike me as a humongous album listener to her. Like the listen to the whole album or listen to like a physical record yeah. album? No, no, no. Just like turn an album on track one, no matter... Oh. CDs or or whatever. I am not. I've been doing it for like a year now, right under a year. But, <laughs> uh, but in my spare time, no, generally I'm not uh, listening to the whole album to dissect. Did you when you were younger? I did, actually. Well, the, the way that music was back then is you bought a CD and that was all of your music unless you wanted to wait on the radio for whatever to show up. Yep. She's leaving. I think she's going to beat her dog. She's bringing in sticks. Aw, fetch. Which is fine. It is. Good dog. It's better that she chews on that than other stuff, but I'd prefer it not all over my floor. Kind of bad for her teeth, too. Is it? Uh-huh. But it's it's kind of like, it's fine. You know, I have an insane dog, and I used to be, not judgmental, but I used to be a little bit to like, hey, you shouldn't let your dog chew on that. And mm -hmm. then I got my insane dog. It's kind of like when I was growing up, I would look at parents and be like, I'm never going to fucking give my kid McDonald's or something. <laughs> and now my kid's favorite food is... A hamburger so smart girl you know the music that you heard coming in to this episode is by machine 13 who is machine 13 i honestly don't really know uh, but i know i really like the music it's very overly industrial cyber punky sort of cool stuff uh they have an ep releasing on april 8th the song that you heard coming in was called catapult i Really, really like this song a lot. I am looking forward to this EP. I'm going to read you a little bit about their bio because I honestly, I don't know anything. Pictures of them on Instagram, the at Machine 13 band. 
some of them are of one dude, some of them are of one woman. There's some of them are like a full <laughs> band. So I don't know anything about these people, and I kind of like it that way. And I feel like they want it to be that way because they have this whole folklore kind of thing going, futuristic. This person suffered a traumatic head laceration in 2020, and while recovering, made these sequencer tracks. <laughs> And that's kind of where this all started. Anyway, check out the EP, April 8th. Go to Spotify or whatever, Machine 13. If you go to their Instagram page, at Machine 13 Band, they have a link tree. Do that. Really, really enjoy this stuff. Catapult's fucking cool. I guess we can get into some album reviews. A couple of very, very, very different ones that we gave each other. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, gosh. I was just in a mood. It's just a margarita. It's just a plain ass Jose Cuervo and some Micampo, I believe, tequila. Back up. Yeah. What does I was in a mood have to do with deciding to drink a margarita? I just didn't want to think. I mean, we had a party last night, so there's a lot of different alcohols in the house currently that I could have chosen Mm -hmm. chosen from, but I just decided to be lazy because I was making dinner making a margarita, doing all the all the stuff at the same time. So I just... It sounds good, though. Yeah, it's good. I have some gin, and I was going to make a, something, but then it had egg white froth on the top, and I was like, David would be so proud of me I would. if I made a fancy drink, but then we didn't have eggs. So oh. that, was the op- that was not an option. Your rim, is it margarita salt? It looks weird. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's just, just a lot. video quality. It looks like you crystallized salt onto your I don't know it's it's intense man I like a lot but I also put extra on there because I have a second one ready to go so I'm just gonna pour that in there what are you drinking I am drinking an imperial fizz which is whiskey lemon simple syrup and then just soda water dash of grapefruit bitters what kind of whiskey buffalo trace buffalo I have trace. a teeny bit left That's just in so... case I have to shoot something so I I've got oh, the whole yeah. bottle down here just ready to go. Are there any big stories or anything? Kanye got suspended. Yeah, what is what is suspending someone for 24 hours from a social media? What does that do? Not re- What's the point of that? Not really much, I don't think, for them. I mean, they know that there's... Most people don't post every single day. Like 24 hours, is that even yeah. going to be noticeable? I mean, maybe if you're on like in a manic episode, being incredibly bipolar, just, then, then you would notice weird. that person... But then he also got kicked out of the Grammys. So not kicked out, but he can't perform. I don't, I think he's still allowed to go. Boy, that's really smart of them. Cause nothing wrong will go with that with him just being in the audience. It's not like he's going to jump on stage and <sighs> grab somebody's award. Why or would he do like that? that right? He didn't grab the award. He grabbed the microphone. That's worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I don't know if I'd feel different about Kanye's everything that's going on with him, like m- making murderous music videos of his yeah. ex-wife's new boyfriend and saying shit about his kids on Instagram. It's kind of the lowest of the low. Yeah. If he was still making good music, I'd probably be a little more lenient on him, but his music sucks too now. So accurate. I don't know. Yeah. And you have to pay 200 bucks to listen to his newest album. So Ew. he released Donda 2, which, Ooh. right? <clears throat> How much were you and I looking forward to that? One? I was like, Nothing can get better than this, but I do hope that there's a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Evil You and I were very like, God, I just wish there was more yeah. of this album. Like if they Well, there is. If they could have made Donda longer too. Like I feel like the album wasn't yeah. long enough as it is. He has his own music player now. Oh. And in order to get the album, you have to buy that. It's like pre-downloaded onto that. Thanks. So we're not going to review that. I hope everybody's okay with that. Yeah. You all right there? 
I just was drinking while I was making food. So now I'm halfway through my regular, my first margarita. So I just needed more margarita in my margarita. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we've turned you into a true drinker. It's You changed quite a bit. Appreciate you. I haven't seen a milkshake with vanilla vodka <laughs> in like half a year. It's been a while. It's really weird. Maybe summertime. <laughs> All right. I guess we're going to talk about music now. I really don't like there's okay. I actually took very seriously. You and I had a conversation in one of the here's where you're wrong episodes Mm -hmm. where I I need to be better about not judging people on who they are as a person. Right. I can't just pick and choose, which is what I do. And Mm -hmm. actually, I'm going to talk about that because of one of the albums we're talking about. Mm -hmm. There's a person that's very, very controversial I'm trying really hard not to just not like stuff because somebody's a douchebag. Right. But it's hard. Kanye's an exception. He's well, and then you just said like his music's gotten shittier, so it's easier to not like him. Yeah. All around <laughs> as opposed to just as a person. We're going to take a break. We're going to listen to a little more Machine 13 and then we're going to review some albums. We'll be right back. Lucky you, none of that is going to be in the episode. (laughs) Uh, Once again, the the music that you heard coming in, Machine 13. You know, a lot of these artists that I try to put on here really do not have a big following. If you go to their Spotify, it's like 30, 75 monthly listeners. I do that on purpose because it's kind of a shame. This project, artist, whatever they want to be called, is really, really cool shit. It's like an advanced Nine Inch Nails I really, really, really like it. The song that you just heard is called Doorbuster. I think more people should hear it. It's really, really well produced. It seems like it was just done in this person's house with their own production, which is incredible, super unique. I like it. Once again, their EP releases on April 8th. Check it out. Okay, album reviews. Let's do it. So you are going to introduce it. You're going to say like this episode I gave... DL. Gotcha. Celebrity Skin by Hole. Gotcha. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was not cool. <laughs> that was the greatest look I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I got so sweaty. <laughs> oh, okay. That was amazing. I am so happy right now. Okay. So this week I gave David. Live Through This by Hole. It was released in 1994. It's a fantastic album. I love this album. This is what really got me into Hole when I was in junior high-ish, I think. Before we get into Live Through This mm-hmm. by Hole, we need to guess each other's favorite songs. Yes. Rachel, what is my favorite song on this album? I really struggled with this because I figured that you probably disliked the entire album. And so I was trying to think of... Not your favorite song, but maybe what you hated the least. Okay. And with that, I really want it to be plump. That's a good guess. I will tell you, spoiler alert, and I'm sorry to ruin your fun. I definitely don't hate this album. Um, oh, really? No, it's. I, I mean, it's it's right up my alley. It's '90s grunge, man. I it's mean, a little... it is, but it's female '90s grunge, and it's whole. It is. 
and we'll get more into that later and why at a certain time that might have been a very negative thing for me and it's not so much anymore. I think your favorite song is Asking For It. Lyrically, it's very heavy. Mm -hmm. If you sit down and you read the lyrics, it's a fucking bummer, but it's really well written. And like most of these lyrics, looking at it (sighs) from... What happened? Oh, never mind. Okay, I thought I lost part of my notes and I did not. Rachel, the mess polio. Um, (laughs) You're not wrong. I think it's asking for it. Uh, Okay. Guess what I rated this album? I don't know. The fact that you said you didn't hate it, I think I might add a couple points onto it now. Yeah, fuck. We can't do that now. We You you, <laughs> you cheated. I still think it's like a 6.5. I give whole numbers. Whole numbers? Ha! Uh, let's go with six then. Yeah, 94. It's whole kind of introduction into a more pop, yeah. radio-friendly music, yeah. I guess. Less grungy screaming, but still kind of grungy screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Much more formulaic and new production, new rhythm section, Mm -hmm. completely different stuff. Produced uh, under DGC by Paul Coldry and Sean Slade, who they worked with the Pixies, which is very, very obvious from track one on this. A lot of Pixies I hear in this. I picked this album because I was just feeling a little 90s nostalgia. Honestly, as we talked just a bit ago about, I don't listen to the entire album of things anymore because of the way mm-hmm. music is when we had CDs. And and so this was one of, one of the albums I had when I was a teenager. And it was one that I liked enough to pretty much listen all the way through to. I hadn't, I'd never really delved into this album. There are obviously there were songs that I'd heard. I had always steered a little bit clear of whole And I have a feeling that a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to be Courtney Love and kind of her story and what I alluded to at the beginning of the episode about how much of a reputation she got me as a young lad during the grunge days, my obsessions with, you know, Kurt Cobain and the like. Mm -hmm. All of our vision was of Courtney Love, the succubus that basically either literally or figuratively killed Kurt Cobain, Mm -hmm. which I think hopefully most of us as we've matured have looked back and realized that not only was that silly, but it was really, really unfair and really, really sexist. Yeah. Are you a Courtney Love fan? Um, Like as a person? No. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, we can talk about it. She's not a good person. No, no, I mean, not really. I don't greatly dislike her, but I don't think she's like a quality role model for our children. Yeah, not quite. But as a musician, I think she's decent. But this album, I think is, there's a lot on it that I'm a really huge fan of. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot more to this album than most people pick up on. Yes, So I think I she's, a, she's a lot deeper than what the media has speaking about her in the in the 90s right after Kirk's death and everything. So this album came out four days after Kurt Cobain killed himself. Right. And it really, really got, at the time, lost in the shuffle of that. Mm-hmm. People's heads were elsewhere and she got so much hate because of how toxic their relationship was. But that's the thing is, you know, Courtney Love was a piece of shit, mm-hmm. but everybody was. And nobody talks about how Kurt Cobain was out touring, doing drugs and getting messed up with his kid at home. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about that. That kind of goes back to just how people view mothers versus fathers, too. I think mothers are are judged a lot harsher and fathers are like, oh, single dad. Fantastic. Fucking you're amazing. Good for you doing it 
by yourself and single moms are just like, well, yeah, that's your job. So go on. When you start getting into this album, especially like the first three songs, which is Violet, Miss World and Plump, Mm -hmm. it's very, very, very 90s. Yeah. Uh, Extremely 90s. And songs like Plump, which is a great song, it is so, so Nirvana. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why for a long time, the big people would say that Kurt Cobain basically wrote this album. Right. That Kurt Cobain was in the studio with her and that that he Mm -hmm. wrote it. Maybe. Maybe there was some help there. But I also think that when you hang out with somebody enough, I feel like your styles can kind of mesh together. So it can seem a little plagiaristic, I suppose. Mm -hmm. As far as styles, if you look at like Greta Van Fleet, listening to Pink Floyd all the time, their sound sounds exactly like Pink Floyd. Did Pink Floyd write their albums? Probably not. Led Zeppelin. Oh, fuck. (laughs) You should probably have to drink for that one. (laughs) (sighs) It's been a long day for Rachel. Give her a break. It really has. (laughs) Then I got fired. God damn it. Uh, So I don't think it's true at all. Mm -hmm. These songs are not the most complex things in the world. And a lot of people are writing Mm -hmm. songs like this. Nirvana was doing the same exact blueprint that, like I said, the Pixies had done. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily a super original thing that... Courtney Love was stealing from. Right. Also, there's the fact that, to me anyway, these songs aren't as good as Nirvana. They're not as good as as Nirvana in any way. They absolutely sound very similar to Nirvana. But also, if you think of like the songs thematically throughout the entire album, a dude didn't write these. Maybe he wrote the music, but at least as far as lyrics, there's no fucking way. Definitely not the lyrics, no. Kurt Cobain was a pretty huge feminist. All of his writings were about how much female bands didn't get enough attention Mm -hmm. like his favorite band of all time was bikini kill which is a huge influence for whole but yeah i don't think that at all i saw a really cool quote by courtney love what i think is really cool is she didn't even pay any attention to that in the media in the 90s she was a pretty she was a fucking mess yeah she seems very fake and like she's always forcing it a little bit Mm -hmm. But she finally addressed that 12, 13 years later, and I liked what she said, and it made sense that she would have never let Kurt Cobain write things because she always wanted to be better than him. Mm -hmm. You're not the brilliant genius. I'm the brilliant genius in the family. And... I think that's completely true. Absolutely. I think this saw, this album, if you listen to the previous stuff, like we talked about, kind of a little messy, a little harder, a little grungier. I feel like this is, they kind of got their voice, they figured it out. But also, I think when you are in the same business as somebody or have the same sort of career as somebody that's a significant other, there is like a little mild amount of competition that goes on with that yeah there's got to be especially within that sort of relationship where it's it's all drugs and alcohol and partying and yeah i would agree time that might have been a very negative thing for me and it's not so much anymore okay so the song asking for it and i wanted to talk a little bit about the lyrics for this there is some really really heavy shit in these lyrics Mm -hmm. at the time being a female in the industry she was in Mm -hmm. you know it didn't get better for years and years and years super super rough and the lyrics through this whole album are about rape and having her daughter taken away from her and just some super crazy shit Mm -hmm. as a lyrical lover or kind of a lyrics tend to make or break whether you like an album or not. Yeah. Unless we're talking about big time, then you just don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> did you like the lyrics in this album? I did, for the most part. I don't think that 
they were always super deep necessarily and that they were simply written but very well written sometimes they have a bit of the kind of sounds like a 13 year old wrote this yeah like angry in my room 13 year old yeah absolutely but songs like asking for it i don't remember if it was for asking for it i think it was but she told a story about how she did a stage dive once at a concert Mm -hmm. and was basically just ripped apart by the audience yeah really really disgusting things i actually have the story from her Oh, good. Feel free to bleep out all of the stuff that needs to be bleeped out. Okay. Her quote was, we had just gotten off of tour with Mud Honey, and I decided to stage dive. I was wearing a dress and I didn't realize that I was engendering the audience. It was a huge audience and they were kind of going apeshit. So I just drove off the stage and suddenly it was like my dress was being torn off of me. My underwear was being torn off of me. People were putting their and grabbing my breasts really hard, screaming things in my ears like When I got back on stage, I was naked. I felt like Karen Finley. But the worst thing of all was that I saw a photograph of it later. Someone took a picture of me right when this was happening, and I had this big smile on my face like I was pretending it wasn't happening. So later I wrote a song called Asking For It based on the whole experience. I can't compare it to rape because it's not the same, but in a way it was. I was raped by the audience, figuratively, literally, and yet was I asking for it? Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. She was a stripper before she was yeah. a musician. It's definitely written by a woman that's been chewed up and spit out by society. Mm-hmm. In a time where if you were in that industry, it was just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's also evident in her singing which fits the time so well. I have a huge soft spot for women that just belt it like she does. Mm -hmm. She goes all out. Her screams are really, really awesome. It gets grating, but that was kind of the style back then. Yeah, for sure. It's just the right amount of screaming for me. It does get draining to have somebody yelling their lyrics all the time, but I do feel like she backs off a little bit enough for the actual screaming aspect of it to be... Very tolerable. Yeah. This is a very soft, loud, soft album. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's very doll parts, asking for it, plump, violet. They're all that very formulaic thing mm-hmm. that, that had been going on for a few years at that point. There are some different songs too. I think Credit in the Straight. Sorry, I've just forgot the name of the song. Credit in the Straight World. Credit in the Straight World. Yeah. yeah. There's unique stuff like that. Softer, softest. It's trying to be different. It's really not that different yeah. though. I will say it like this, coming in and studying this much later mm-hmm. on in your life, what struck you about the songs now that that wouldn't have back then? I feel like I say this all the time, sitting down and studying this like I do, I'm sitting down with the lyrics. I'm not just banging my head in the car to the music. Do you ever do that? Do you ever just take- Listen to music in the car? Take one of these albums that we, for the podcast, and just without dissecting it, just- rock out to it. I did both with this one and with All J actually because we were getting the I got the floors replaced in here. And so I was scrubbing the walls because all the furniture was out of all of the rooms. Um and so I put hole on because the echo was just fantastic with wood floors and oh, that's pretty cool. and walls and no furniture. And so when I was re-listening to it since, you know, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I just listened to it casually in Alt J as well. I put it on in the car and just was listening to it before I sat down with the lyrics. I interrupted my original question though. <laughs> <laughs> what did you notice <laughs> listening to this as an adult now? Correlatively to that, the lyrics and the meaning behind all these songs. It wasn't just, I'm a teenager and this is angry music and I want to be 
angry in my room at parents or homework or whatever. And fuck if this isn't a shit ton more depressing yeah. as an adult that I was when I was 12 years old. So I think I would die is essentially about when Kurt and her had their kid and their kid was taken away yeah. for a while because there were claims that mm -hmm. she was on drugs during the pregnancy, which mm -hmm. was never proven, can't be proven. Nobody knows if it's true or not, right. except for her. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people in her position, and I mean this in the best way possible and not that this makes anything okay. I feel like a lot of people that do drugs all the time probably are pretty far into drugs when they're like, oh shit, well, I'm probably two or three months pregnant at this point. Oops. Yeah. I don't want to say it happens because it's absolutely not okay, but I can understand how it happens, you know? Well, and there's a lot of apathy there too. You know, drug addiction is drug addiction. Mm -hmm. I know that if you're, hey, I'm pregnant now, I'm going to be a mom. I know that society and us would expect the person, no matter what, to just stop. And that's not realistic. Absolutely. Not for an addict. No. Yeah. You're right. It's just a really, really heavy album thematically. Mm -hmm. It actually made me do a lot of thinking about perspective and really looking at myself in the mirror. And I grew up not liking Courtney Love. I was one of those people that was like, she yeah. ruined Kurt Cobain. She's the reason that Kurt Cobain is dead. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm an adult, I realize how fucking stupid that is. Mm -hmm. There's still something about her personality I don't really like. But this album... There's the saying the 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Right. This album has such amazing reviews. Every magazine, mm -hmm. every reviewer, every critic has gone back. Even if they had bad reviews back in 94 of this, they went back and changed it and 10 out of 10 it and said that this was one of the most influential albums of all time. Absolutely. How do I word this without sounding douchey? Do you think that it's just because she's a female? Not that the music isn't that good, but they're, mm -hmm. the fact that she is a woman and was writing this, which really, mm. there were very few bands back then that were doing that. I don't feel necessarily like people were putting in that she was a woman in the math of like, is this a fantastic album or not? I feel like where she was in her life and what she was speaking about, how it was translated through the music mm. was so fantastic that I don't think it was her being a woman or being a man. I think it was her story translated so well that that's what made this a great album. I like, yeah, maybe because she was a woman, she was able to express themes that yeah. maybe nobody else could. Mm -hmm. Well, and who's talking, who's talking about this stuff? This is some really harsh stuff. Like who wants to talk about their kid being taken away or being sexually assaulted. It gets, yeah, was not really heard of back then. I don't think. No, it was a really bad time. And I think that's why a lot of these artists went down the deep end because all these artists ended up fucking killing themselves, mm -hmm. drugging themselves out of the business. Right. You know, Kurt Cobain wrote rape me mm -hmm. in an interview, Kurt Cobain, or maybe, sorry, maybe it was Dave Grohl. I think it was Kurt Cobain that basically said he knew he was done with Nirvana because when they did the Unplugged concert, mm -hmm. he looked out in the crowd and half the crowd looked like the type of dudes that he wrote Rape Me about. Mm -hmm. um, and he, I'm sure everybody knows, but Rape Me is basically a song about date rape. Kind of like a male version of asking for it a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's looking at it from the predator's point of view. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's we kind of went dark on this episode, yeah. didn't we? It's like K-pop all Thanks over a again. Lot, Rachel. <laughs> I know. 
But no, I am really glad that you gave this to me. It made me do a lot of thinking about my points of view on how I looked at the situation of the the 90s with Hole and with Nirvana. Mm-hmm. I do have a lot of respect for Hole. They were a really good band. They're not really my thing. Right. I don't think their music was that great, but I have a lot of respect for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but what about the bass and plump? It's fucking awesome. Right? The rhythm section very, very, very obviously... <sighs> changed between the right. album before this and this album and yeah. the rhythm section in this album the drums and the bass are just fucking wailing they're, they're so amazing good. they really are just listen to pretty on the inside go listen to like one song on pretty on the inside come back and listen to Vi- like just the first song violet mm-hmm. it's <laughs> it's crazy how much better the musicianship it's is. insane let's do some awards and categories unless you have anything else you want to go over I don't think so. Let's go to awards and categories. Okay. Let's do awards and categories. Let's do awards and categories then. I'm not going to do the David Crosby meh award. Um, A lot of the reviews, and this speaks a lot to what I was saying, uh, were fuck Courtney Love type reviews. Yeah. That's not fair. Nah. Which in retrospect is just, man, it's shitty. It really is. She's had a lot of songs written about her. She's, it's just, it's tough Mm -hmm. stuff, man. So let's give her a break. The DMX Award. I put that this was kind of the pop intro to girl grunge. I feel like a lot of the grunge at the time was a bunch of dudes. And this was the popular version that girls had to listen to. And I thought that was great. And I think what also made this unique, and I kind of touched on this earlier, I feel like this was Courtney Love trying to prove something to Nirvana. Because I feel like at the time and before he passed away, it was just... And even after he passed away, it was... Kurt Cobain's girlfriend. It wasn't, she wasn't probably taken very seriously as an artist. So no, she uh, was viewed as she was the modern day Yoko Ono. Yeah. She was the one that broke up Nirvana. Mm -hmm. It's true. There were a few bands in 94 that really, really, although two that come to my head right off the bat is Hole and Veruca Salt. Oh yeah. That were just fucking killer. And Mm -hmm. I think that Hole is the reason for a lot of really good music. Yeah. I love it when I hear a woman screaming the way she was. I I love me some Janis Joplin and some Courtney Love. They go out there and fucking belt. Mm-hmm. Like she's just, she's going after it. And I love that. I was listening to this kind of one more time, just trying to, you know, wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I'd listened to it with my daughter in the room. She has been super into singing lately and she's been asking questions about, you know, she's seven years old. She's a really good singer. It's kind of scary, but she's starting to ask questions about like, how do I sing higher without it sounding bad? Or she's Mm -hmm. kind of starting to try to learn about things like falsetto and she's very curious. And this came on and she froze and her eyes just lit up. She said, who is this? It made me really happy. She was super, super into the fact she was hearing a woman screaming, Mm -hmm. scream singing for the first time. I just thought that was really cool. Made me happy. Mm. You're fucked. Nah, she'll be all right. (laughs) Do you think that this is overrated, underrated or properly rated? In its time? No, probably not. I think that... What? (laughs) That's not a... (laughs) wasn't a yes or no question, Rachel. (laughs) I think in its, in its time, it, properly rated. No, <laughs> not in its time. I think that there was too much other stuff going on. Not what? It was not 
properly rated. Okay. It was very underrated. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry you can't read my mind. I loved it at the time. I think it took a little while for people to be like, oh, she's a musician and let's not talk about all this other shit that's going on and just kind of look at her and look at the music. Currently, probably still fairly underrated. I think people have moved away from the killed Kurt sort of situation. I've, and so yeah, maybe I it's, think when it's held in a little higher regard now. When but. Nirvana got inducted into the Hall of Fame and Dave Grohl mm-hmm. and Courtney Love had that moment, I think it was the first time they'd ever talked. They like got on stage and hugged and stuff. I think a lot of people yeah. chilled out. I think that it was definitely the voices that were talking about her breaking up Nirvana were just louder than the right. people that could relate to this like you. I think now it's maybe a little bit overrated. All the reviews I read were just like, this is one of the best albums ever written. And I just don't think that. I think it's a good album. I don't think it's great. We've gone through a lot of influences and influences, you know, Pixies, Bikini Kill. Do you Mm -hmm. have any that you haven't talked about? Casually, Janice. Janice Mm -hmm. Joplin. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this really counts as an influency, but I put Alanis Morissette because Jagged Little Pill was very popular, came out just a little bit after this, a year after. And I don't know that there was time for her to influence Alanis Morissette, but maybe. Yeah, I think so. Never mind the Bullocks Award. Do you know their other stuff? Have you listened to like Celebrity Skin? And I have and where there were a lot of bangers on Celebrity Skin. And I do really like that one. Knowing all of the music backwards and forwards on this album and then like casually listen to other album, listening to other albums. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the best and it's also just my favorite. So gotcha. I would take Pretty on the Inside, which was their first album, Live Through This, and Celebrity Skin. For me personally, mm-hmm. they're all pretty even. There are things that I like mm-hmm. about all three of them and things that I really don't like. John Paul Jones Award. I couldn't come up with something on this. I didn't want to take anyone away for sure. Can I tell you a little trick of the trade? Yeah. If that happens and you can't think of anything, just say, oh, I don't think I'd, I'd change anything on this. I don't think I'd change anything on this. It's great. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I would have wanted to see what Butch Vig would have done to this. Hmm. A little more full. I would have okay. liked it a little less. It's, it's a little too 90s for me. I feel like it could have been more than that. Hmm. The Teach Em Young Award. A kid comes up and says, Rachel from Verse Chorus First, you must know a lot about music. <laughs> Give me a song so that'll teach me about whole. It has to be from this album. Violet. hey Easy peasy. Cheers. Yeah. I just feel like, cheers, where it's not, spoiler, my favorite song, I feel like it is the epitome of whole. When I think of whole and when I think of this album, it's that song. I think it's popular enough to lure kids in to listen to the rest of the album. John Popper Award. What you got? I went with Go On, Take Everything, Take Everything. Um, I want you to. I Very, very similar vein. Mine is uh, Mm -hmm. Doll Parts. When she starts singing that they really want you. Yeah, that's a good one too. God damn, that's a good hook. John Prine Award. What you got? Okay, so I picked two. In Plump, she says, like a liar at a witch trial, you look good for your age. And that's just another one of those examples of like very simple lyrics, but just really, really clever. That song was great. Um, And then in asking for it, there was a line that went, be a model or just look like one, which I don't know if you got. There was a modeling company that I say with quotation marks called Barbazon in the 80s and 90s. It was like a school and you would like go in and learn how to model or whatever. And so sometimes people would get picked out of that and then like go into a modeling career or whatever. But their tagline was be a model or just look like one. 
Wow. And so I thought that that was also very clever, <laughs> sneaked in there. I went with uh, someday you will ache like I ache. That's just such a 90s yeah. line. And I'm I'm all about that. The <laughs> Eddie Van Halen yeah. Award. I'll start, as you alluded to, the bass and drums connection through this whole album. is just yeah. fucking sensational. And I put the bass line in plump. Awesome. Great minds. Because it was fucking fantastic. Surfer Rosa Award. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I said A-side. I think there's a lot more depth in the A-side and a lot more that just, you know, selfishly that I just liked better on that side. Yeah, I said the same thing. In the second half. Very, very, very top yeah. heavy. I think at about Jennifer's body, this album starts to fatigue. It starts to get a little bit, okay, I get it. Yeah. There's great aspects of, yeah. of a lot of the songs after that, but it gets old. Mm -hmm. Time of Your Life Award, Rachel, what's your least favorite song on this? My least favorite song was Rockstar. <laughs> okay. And that goes back to the, the fatigue thing, like towards the end, that song was boring lazy ass lyrics at the end of it and i just stopped caring yeah loki hated it close to the same vein mine is softer softest okay because that is when i completely lose interest in this album that's like when that song fair. hits i'm pretty much yeah i'm pretty much done yeah let's go to the top three best songs on the album i'll go ahead and start my third favorite song on this is the opening track, Violet. Mm. We already talked about it. That's kind of the epitome of the 90s. It's, yeah. it's very, very 90s grunge. My second favorite is Plump. It's very Nirvana. Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a good intro with that guitar. And then my number one favorite is Doll Parts. <sighs> Lyrically, it's great especially when you know the story and you start thinking about her past and how she was a stripper and the story she had said about the stage dive and mm -hmm. it's heavy. That's a fantastic song. Yeah. What do you got, Rachel? Number three, which we didn't really go too much into, Miss World. There was an Anne Sexton illusion in there. Which oh, yeah, know. that's right. Yeah, and that's like two Anne weeks Sexton in a row. Two of us in a row. So Kill, Kill Me, Me Pills. Pills. That's right. Kill Me Pills are Anne Sexton's which she had referred to Barbichwitz and pentobarbital, uh, which is one of her unsuccessful suicide yeah. attempts. Number two, I put plump. It was fantastic. Again, baseline was great. And number one, asking for it. Hey, oh, David wins. I'm awesome. Good job. Not just a pretty face, Dave. Who won the album for me? Uh, it's Courtney Love. Mm -hmm. I may not think it's this end all be all album, but a lot of people do. It deserves a lot of praise. Right. She had to deal for a long time with all this Kurt shit. Kurt wrote this, this and that. And mm -hmm. in the end, this is largely her project. And it's a project to be proud of. Mm -hmm. I agree with you a thousand percent. But I had also said heroin salesman. Yes. Black eyeliner and the slip industry. Yeah. Rate the album, Rachel. What did, what'd you give this? I oscillated between a 7.5 and an 8 because I really, really love the stuff that I love. But the stuff, again, we talked about the B side of it. So let's go with the 7.5. Okay. And you? I gave this an 8 out of 10. <gasps> yeah. Um, it's I feel not... like I'm a lot meaner than you are. Yeah. Like I'm a lot more harsh of a judge than you are. People, if you go back and listen to the episodes, you'll agree that Rachel is definitely meaner than me. <laughs> I just have the... You just have a bad rep. Yeah. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I don't love this album, but I mm. really, really respect it. What she did at that time is really fantastic. And 
there were probably a lot of people like you and probably a lot of other specifically females that really needed to hear this music and it probably made them feel very strongly. Yeah. Hmm. That's whole. That's live through this. I feel really good about this. Good. We're going to take a break. We're going to see about the next one. I have a feeling it's not going to be as lovely. We'll be right back. (laughs) We are back. The music that you heard coming in from the break is by Machine 13. The song is Chasky, C-H-A-S-K-I. I don't know if that's right, wrong, what. Really, really good stuff. I pick what goes on to this podcast, and they sent me this music a while back, and I immediately, I think I listened to about 15 seconds of the first song that they sent. I was like, yeah, I'll definitely play this. Great stuff. Check it out. EP releases on April 8th. Get your industrial on. It looks like they're doing they're gonna do some music videos, stuff like that too. A little artsy, which we love. We gotta support the indie artists. Go check them out. Let's get into the album that I gave Rachel Relaxer by Alt J. Yeah, you did. I did. Rachel, who is your dead crush? You know, I was thinking about this. I figured you would have been. <laughs> it went to Marlon Brando, but then I thought that's too obvious. And then I went to James Dean and then I was like, he's too skinny. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the skinny one in the relationship. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I did wonder who was your dead crush. Audrey Hepburn. <sighs> that's easy. You would pick a skinny bitch, wouldn't you? There's nothing wrong with Not that. Surprise. Everybody has their type. So it's okay for you to say somebody's too skinny. He's too skinny. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, okay. So handsome. All right. This is Alt-J by nope. Relaxer. This is Relaxer. <laughs> how drunk are... How many margaritas have you had in the last 45 minutes? David. <laughs> yes. I've, I've had two, but I haven't had a lot of food. This is Alt-J's third studio album. Came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. English indie rock band. Well, I don't know that I'd call them rock. We'll talk about it later, but I guess you could call them pop folk yeah. Alternative, I don't even know. All those things. I found this album, I think right when it came out. I had been hearing things about Alt-J, check this out, fell in love with it. Rachel, what is my favorite song on the album? What's your favorite song on this album? Pleader. I think I said Pleader okay. was David's favorite song. Oh, but then I said Dead Crush. Let's go with Dead Crush. Okay. Because I think I thought Pleader, and then I thought more about it, and then I went with Dead Crush. So you said Pleader, which uh, is the ending track, yeah. which is this really cool... No, no, no. I'm sorry. You didn't say Pleader. You said Dead Crush. Yeah. Which we already talked about. A little bit. I think it was a keyboard or something that said they were talking about people that you have a crush on that are dead. Correct. Like James Dean or Audrey Hepburn. Right. Or JFK Jr. Mm. I think that... Hey, you'll get your turn. Um, (laughs) I think that your favorite song is In Cold Blood. Okay. I picture Rachel sitting down and listening to this and listening to 3WW and being a little bit, oh no. (laughs) And then In Cold Blood starts, it's got a really good beat. It's up-tempo-y. Okay. What do you think that I rate this album? Um, Because you overinflate everything, uh, I would say 9 out of 10. So what does that mean, that I overinflate everything? I grade a lot harsher than you. 
I think of mm. what I think that you think it should be. And then I add to it because okay. you're actually nicer than I am as a person. <laughs> Rachel, who only loves pop bangers, how much did you hate this album? <laughs> this was a test. If I give something to Rachel that isn't just a fucking, <laughs> can she appreciate it? Or does she just have to be fucking full go all day or day? That was my thinking on it. Right. So tell me your initial thoughts on this. You didn't tell me what I rated it. This all stemmed from the fact that none of you gave things something out of 10. I was the only one that was doing that. I'm doing it out of 10. Okay, so... I gave it a something out of 10. I'm going to say 5 out of 10. I'm going to say you gave it a 5 out of 10. So my initial thought, I turned this on in the car. The first track, 3WW, is yeah. that how we're... Mm -hmm. The first minute and a bit is just music. There's no lyrics. And I honestly thought David is trolling me because yeah. he knows that lyrics are so important. And I was like, fuck this guy. I quit. <laughs> But as I started listening to it, I was like, this is not bad. And then I listened more to it and I was like, this is quite good. And then I sat down with the lyrics and I was like, this is very, very good. Right. And, and I'm seriously it's, impressed. That was my thinking. Not specifically when I first gave you this album, it was more of like, I want to see how she does with this calmer stuff. Mm -hmm. But then when I started researching this and I started with 3WW and I was like, you know what? Rachel is going to start by hating this and she's going <laughs> to end up loving it because the lyrics are fantastic. Yeah. They're they're really cool lyrics, the whole wayward lad stuff. And Ellie Roswell is sings on it mm -hmm. and I love her part on it too. Wolf Alice, man. They're good. I'm intrigued now. How would you describe their sound? That's a great question because I feel like a lot of it is just it feels like they wanted to experiment with so many different sounds and you would think that that would just be a big mess. But for some reason, it works out really, really well. It feels like an early 2000s vibe kind of mixed mm -hmm. with folk feeling in there. But coming out in 2017, it sounds earlier than when it actually came out. Main singer's voice. Do you like it or is it annoying to you? No, I love it. I thought it was great. Wow. Okay. I yeah. thought your favorite track was In Cold Blood. When that started, mm -hmm. when you when you get out of 3WW and it starts into that. Okay. So as you're going to learn, in the way that I was trying to figure out my favorite song, every time I listened to a song, I would put it on a list best to worst. Okay. And that... Obviously, like, second song went to best immediately because it slaps. It's great. It has a good beat that uh, would be a good workout song. But then, like, as I listened further, it just got knocked further because there's so much in here that was so good. Wow. So you really liked this. Yeah. That makes me really happy. Yeah. Cool. This is probably one of my favorite albums of the last five years. Yeah. In Cold Blood does the, forget how amazing the percussion is, how awesome the guitar part is. The horns mm -hmm. are fucking killer. They do this thing that I will forever steal as a musician. Mm -hmm. But in the chorus, when they're doing the Caspian's killer told me so, which whatever the fuck that means. Do you know what that Do you know what the hell that means? No. Okay, good. I don't either. But when they're in the course, he does this Caspian Killers told me so. And then they hit. They do this guitar, drum, bass hit. Mm -hmm. And one of the guitars that's in it plays the note really twangy, really loud, and not like a quarter of a step down. Mm -hmm. 
And it makes this super weird fucking amazing hit sound that as a musician just makes me wet. So it's just the coolest. I ha- I'm not going to get super music geeky in these, but that part is so fucking awesome. Um, there is a super, super different surprising version of House of the Rising Sun on this. Yes. I was like, this song's awesome. I love this song. And then I listened to it and I was like, wait, because it, it sounds outside of lyrics. It sounds nothing like House of the Rising Sun. Nothing. I would have never known had I not been researching this. Yeah, but when, I mean, the first line is there is a house in New Orleans. Didn't that like, oh, shit. I guess I wasn't thinking when I was listening to it. But then I, you know, listened to both and was like, well, you're an idiot. Should you be on a music podcast? (laughs) (laughs) This might be the most intriguing cover I've ever heard. I agree. It was so not covery of the cover. Mm -hmm. A handful of the lyrics were the same and that's it. Then there were new lyrics. Yeah. And the sound was completely different. It hits Mm-hmm. So it seems like it should be blasphemy to change a song like House of the Rising Sun. Absolutely. But it's yeah. it's so smart the way it's done. And the, the mother is a tailor just so she can make sure that the mm-hmm. dad has enough money to be staying at the bar so he won't be home beating his kids. It is heavy and amazing, mm-hmm. but it's this major corded super light like if it was just instrumental it would be such a happy relaxing song i love that so much it's so Mm -hmm. cool it was good you thought my favorite song was dead crush Mm -hmm. dead crush is very very modern day this was dead center in the middle of how i rated the songs on this album Mm -hmm. but i picked this one for you because wolf alice gotcha yeah, there are a couple songs in here that are just cool. And Dead, Dead Crush is just a cool song. And they do things like in the in the chorus when I don't even remember what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But it should be stupid. They have this kind of weird nasally falsetto thing going on. But it's not. It's really, really cool. In the same vein, mm-hmm. it hit me like that snare. It's this unique beat with this yeah. 60s go-go Iggy Pop meets Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, it was definitely high on my like list. I couldn't tell if you would love it or not like it because the lyrics are pretty, it's all about like drugs and sex. and. Well, yeah, that one had a lot behind the lyrics though. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows I appreciate a good story. Also, it had cowbell, it sounded it like did. in there, yep. which I was very into. Some Japanese counting. Some Japanese counting. Mm-hmm. Now I know how to count to 10 Japanese. So that's good. Good safe word. No, it's not a good safe word, <laughs> according to this song. Also, it has a good beat to it, and it's about a sex hotel, so mm-hmm. there's nothing bad about it. Yeah. Nothing bad about it. It's it's true. This album was panned pretty hard by fans, specifically, because it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot different than their first album. Their first album was a lot more pop-friendly. Yeah. And I think that it was a lot because of songs like this. I think there was a lot of people that were like, what the fuck? But I think it's amazing. Yeah. There aren't that many songs on this. There's eight songs, right? Nine. Nine songs. Nine songs. Sorry. Good job. The only song that we really haven't touched on was Adeline, which is very slow. Yeah. If there was one on the album that I thought that you might really not like, it would be this one. That is why (laughs) you know me so well (laughs) these days. This was the throwaway song for me. I love, on a level, every single song except for this song. I would just... 
get rid of it. Gotcha. Didn't like it. I feel like last year, though, was a good, it was a slow way, but it was a digression, especially in this song. It was talking about the decline and the main guys that's singing mental health and how each month at first I did, I didn't really care for it, but then listening to it more and listening to the lyrics more, it was, and then Marika Hackman, is that her name? Her vocals taking the last bit of the song was like very breathy and very airy, but in a really beautiful way Mm -hmm. that contrasted very well with the initial story. She had a really good folk feel to it. There was some great guitar work in there, which I really appreciated, but it had a really good story. The orchestrals in Pleader. So good. You know, even before I had any idea what the fuck he was talking about, when the orchestra Mm -hmm. kicks in and he starts doing the How Green Was My Valley, how do you not like that? It's it's impossible to not like that. Uh, Eight song album, nine song album, as Rachel just taught us. Good job. Let's get into some awards and categories. Mm. David Crosby Met Award for bad reviews from Amazon. <gasps> it's a pretty simple one. Yay. By Tim Clark. It mm-hmm. says, best avoided. Yeah. Oh, Two Tim. decent songs. The rest, lamentably poor. Half-baked attempts to sound like Simon and Garfunkel. One annoying effort at being rocky. Pff, fuck off. Tim Clark, you can fuck right what off. What does that mean? One annoying effort at being rocky. What do you think that means? There's a lot going on here, but for me, it makes sense. I thought he meant like Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe I'm completely off. Tim, if you could write us. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. DMX Award. Yes. I think this band is completely unique. Mm -hmm. It's this hip hop, folk, tribal. It's incredibly unique. It's right. The DMX award is the entire thing Mm -hmm. to me. I had written that it's just diverse within itself. I had read something that said it was a bit dizzying and tough to digest at first, which I could kind of agree with, but I feel like I am so many listens in. And like I said, there's, there's one song I will not put on, but the rest of the album is just fantastic. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. I think this is a vastly underrated album. Yeah, it is. It's alt J's least talked about album Mm -hmm. and i think that's ridiculous personally i had never heard of this album before you Mm -hmm. handed it over to me i did a little research it was nominated for a mercury prize for best album so maybe a little bit but is currently the fact that i had never heard of this and i know that i only voluntarily listen to pop music until something's handed to me as an assignment i feel like this is probably not at all appreciated as it should be because it is a fantastic work of art there we go uh influences and influencees i hear Radiohead, I hear mm-hmm. TV on the radio. Right. What I love about Alt J in general, especially this album, is it's really hard to pinpoint their influences. Yeah, I had also, <laughs> I also wrote Radiohead, and then out of that, I was like, I don't fucking know, man. The Animals, <laughs> because they covered that. But um, outside of that, it's so it's so unique. It's hard to correlate it with other bands. Never mind the Bullocks Award. Mm-hmm. You have never heard an Alt Al- J album before. Correct. So I did not have an answer for this. I do think this is their best album. Mm-hmm. I do not think it is by far their best album. Yeah. And spoilers, we are actually going to talk about them again in a couple weeks Ooh. because they have a new album out. We're going to see what we think about that mm-hmm. one. I have listened to it already. Yeah, I have some thoughts. The John Paul Jones Award. I wrote, it was so perfect. Shrug. I wouldn't touch these credits. I think it was great. Agreed. It was great. I think the casting, the production, the I 
wouldn't touch it. Teach him young award. What you got? I had said in cold blood. It wasn't even in my top three. I don't think, but I do think again, if we're luring kids in to listen to this, I think that's a great catch them, make them listen to the rest and then they'll fall in love. So same thing. Oh, perfect. If I had one alt J song to show to a kid, it actually wouldn't be from this album, Mm -hmm. but if it had to be from this album in cold blood, is it? The John Popper Award. Hit me like that snare. Yeah, that's great. That's what I said. I have no idea what it means, but the Mr. Caspian's killer told me so. <laughs> la 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 la. That weird fucking Thelonious Monk chord that they hit. It just, <laughs> man, it kills me. The John Prine Best Lyric Award. Mine was from Hit Me Like That Snare, and it was Leather Slings Fall Like Oxygen Masks. We're going down. Fuck, fuck my, my life, life in half. half. I love that. Did you hear the part of fuck my life? And yeah, but tell the kids about it. He was hydroplaning and thought he was going to die in a car accident. And his last words were going to be fuck my life in half. And he lived and then thought that would be a great lyric. Would be good lyrics. But the imagery of, you know, it takes place in a sex hotel or whatever. Leather slings fall like oxygen masks. Just the imagery of that is it's, it's very well written. I have two. Mm-hmm. One of them is the entire song of 3WW. Sure. It's more poetry than it is a song. It's amazing. Also from Hit Me Like That Snare, the end where he's doing the fuck you, I'll do what I want to do. Might be a little bit lazy, but I don't care. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Eddie Van Halen Award, what you got? I had said 01101 whatever. I thought that was right. (laughs) I can't memorize it, so maybe it's not that slappy. 01110011. Yeah. I thought that was dope. Ellie Roswell singing in 3WW. Yeah. Was this your first time? She has this weird, soft, robotic. It's hypnotizing. I love it. Yeah. Surfer Rosa Award. Ugh. You can't answer this. I can't pick a what side. What are you hawing? Oh. Yeah. I just can't pick. They're both. It's all so good. All of it. It's fantastic. I would. S- yeah. Pick a side. No. It's completely fluid to yeah. me. Yeah. This album is absolutely fluid so good the rubber's about to hit the road here yeah it fucking is time of your life award rachel's we know it but (laughs) she's still gonna say it adeline it was boring as fuck you i have only one song that i don't like on this album as well it is last year (gasps) really yep not a fan it is the only song in this album that i don't completely love not only do I not completely love it, I don't really like it. That is sad. It's like we don't even know each other. I don't um, even know Rachel, you. what are the three best songs on the album? Um, the three best songs, Pleader was number three. Mm-hmm. 30,000 kind of instruments in one song and yeah. put together so well. It was so fantastic. Second favorite song was Last Year. I love the storytelling in it. The female vocals were so gorgeous. I thought it was so, so pretty. And then number one was Hit Me Like That Snare. Hit Me Like That Snare. It was, it was clever. God, that's a good song. It was so good. My three favorite songs. Number three is Dead Crush. Oh. I do love that song. That song is fantastic. Yeah. That beat is amazing. The little vocal inflections like at the very beginning the way that he says ordinarily Mm -hmm. it's weird and it's different and i've never heard anything like it i just i love that my second favorite song is hit me like that snare oh okay that song is just so fucking cool Mm -hmm. and i can't seriously that organ that's playing through it that's that go-go old school horror film thing like (laughs) god i just i fucking love that man Mm -hmm. my favorite song on the album that I think is one of the most beautiful songs ever written and means 
a great deal to me is Adeline. <sighs> we can't so, be friends anymore. <laughs> I know. I have to quit. So this song means a lot to me oh, for certain man. personal reasons. It's The song is about like a Tasmanian devil that's watching a woman swim and is obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. But to me, the lyrics sing a lot more like somebody that loves someone that they can't actually be with and they're just watching that person from afar. Yeah. There's this imagery at the end. He starts singing about the old triangle, which if you don't know what that's about, that's an old movie. It's essentially a big metal whatever that would go off in a prison and Mm -hmm. i don't remember if it was the movie or the play because there's two different things but essentially this woman is in the community in love with somebody in the prison and every time that triangle would go off she would be reminded of that person and it was just this kind of brutal thing that went through the whole play that every day she was reminded of Mm -hmm. this person that she anyway i think it is a beautifully perfect song and Rachel feels the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, is it? hey. I'm sorry. Different strokes, different folks. Rachel, rate the album. So you said five, five out, out of ten. ten which apparent I was very wrong, apparently. Would you like to re re-guess? Yeah, I'll say nine out of ten. You're right. Of course I am. <laughs> of course I am. Nine out of ten is very close to perfect. That makes me happy. I said the same thing. Nine out of 10. It's so close to a 10 out of 10. I don't like last year. And even though it's not really a cover, right. it's still House a cover of the in House of the Rising Sun. Listeners that go check this album out, I'm interested. Write us and let us know. I feel like half of you are going to be like, what in the hell are mm-hmm. you guys talking about? This is terrible. And half of you are going to be like, wow, thanks for yeah. showing this to me. That's a good ending. This was a predominantly positive episode other than the whole... <laughs> Sad girl stuff from Hole. I guess we should let you go eat dinner now, right? Yeah, I'm going to eat some dinner. Pretty excited. Versecoursefirst.com at Pod. Once again, thank you to Machine13 for reaching out. Glad that we could play your stuff. I hope we get you a couple of listens. Everybody go at least download the stuff. It's not that hard. Support the indies, man. It's important. Come back next week. Holy shit. We are going to give you guys an interview that we did with this mediocre guitar player (laughs) named Jennifer Batten. Yikes. Who played on stage with this guy named Jeff Beck. Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of our listeners know who that is. And she also toured for 25 years with this guy named Michael Jackson. Have not heard of him. Uh, He was pretty good. She played at the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl. For 1.5 billion people. She's, She's done good. a couple. Of, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be interesting. You'll see. Um, yeah. No, we have Jennifer fucking Batten next week. So, Rachel. David. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks for doing this with me. That's what she said. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not editing it out. Sorry, Gus. <laughs> Everybody, we love you. We'll talk to you later. Good night and good luck. Bye.